is Portugal the best place to move in Europe? Possibly, but maybe not. But in this episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter, I wanted to go into some of the reasons why it may actually be one of the best places to consider, especially if you're not originally from the European Union. I can't say that I'm here specifically for the seven and eight figure entrepreneurs. If you know, you know. But I'm here to shed a little bit of light on what things look like here from the perspective of somebody who lives in Portugal. I'm Rafael de Furia. This is Not Your Average Globetrotter and roll that intro. This episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter has been brought to you in part by Border.io, helping you to get your Portuguese NIF and bank account. More about them in just a moment and by viewers like you through support on Patreon and one-time donations like the thanks button here on YouTube. First thing I want to talk about has something to do with the lifestyle. You like beaches? Portugal has got plenty of beaches. I mean, basically, the whole western and southern coasts of the country are just miles and miles, or rather kilometers and kilometers of beautiful, gorgeous beaches. Some great surfing. Portugal in the past years has become famous for some of the huge waves that the west coast of the country sees. And serious surfers from all around the world come to this country just to catch one of those massive Portuguese waves. And with the beautiful beaches also comes beautiful beach food, or well, really just Portuguese cuisine. You have a lot of really, really amazing fish dishes in this country. If you enjoy fish, this is definitely without a doubt one of the best countries to live in. There are so many really good fish dishes, especially grilled fish. This country really knows what it's doing. But the next point that I want to get into is the medical care and medical care system. When we're talking about medical care, by comparison to the U.S., it is absurdly inexpensive. And in a place like Portugal, you can have the possibility of being on both the public system or private system. But even if you opt in for the private system, you're not going to have to be concerned about going into debt like you might have to in some other countries. I'm looking at you, USA. This is one thing that Portugal really can be very nice for, uh, but you can have certain situations where you may have to deal with things. It's not about necessarily if you're going to be seen, it's more about when you're going to be seen. Even here in Braga, I know of a public clinic that exists here where if you want to make an appointment for October, you're going to have to do it at the end of September. Sometimes for the system, you may have to wait. However, it is still something that will not put you into financial ruin by having to deal with. It really is a blessing to be able to have that access, especially if you are somebody who is in the position to pay for the private system. But even the private system here, very, very cheap by comparison to what you would even start dreaming about in the United States. But like I mentioned earlier in the episode, I want to talk a little bit about if you are not from the European Union. It is currently probably the easiest country in the European Union for somebody from outside of the European Union to be able to move to. It is really amazing. The golden visa offers, but not even just the golden visas uh, and the level where that is. Even with the limits that have been placed on the system, because it's not as, well, you don't have as many of the top tier cities as you originally had. And even here in like a city like Braga, you can't necessarily buy a property for like yourself to live in, but you could buy commercial property here. That's a whole different subject for a different day. But the D7 visas and other visas that exist in this country are absolutely absurd. The barrier to entry is so low. But even when getting set up with certain things to keep things balanced and realistic, 
It is important to consider that getting a bank account in Portugal isn't as easy as some other places. Definitely doable, especially if you're bringing money in, foreign money. That is definitely something that's possible, or even to get a mortgage here. That is possible for somebody who is not from the country to be able to do. Whereas I know plenty of other places where if you are not from that country, getting a mortgage can be extremely, extremely difficult. But even the Portuguese tax code, something that you need for just about not everything, but many aspects of your life here in Portugal, signing up for contracts, for light, electricity, phone, internet, rewards programs, and plenty of other things. But this actually could be a segue into this week's sponsor. A big thanks to Border for sponsoring this week's episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter. Border offers the easiest way to get your NIF and Portuguese bank account, both of which are integral parts of your move to Portugal. Border can help you from any location around the world, wherever you are remotely, so that you don't have to travel to Portugal. Also at Border, you'll be dealing with English speakers who offer excellent customer support. They'll help you accomplish these necessary steps to get your new life started here in Portugal. Visit Border. Dot io slash nyag that's b-o-r-d-r dot io slash n-y-a-g thank you again to border for sponsoring this week's episode of not your average globetrotter and let's get back into the episode thanks again border for helping to make this possible as well as the monthly patrons who help to push this project forward but the next thing i want to talk about has to do with this last topic and that is once you have resided in portugal at least under the current rules for five years, then you become eligible to apply for Portuguese nationality. That is a ridiculous amount of time. Some countries will make you wait 10 years. Five years may sound like a lot, but it can pass by pretty quickly. And especially if you are somebody that is thinking that you may want to live in other nations within the European Union, having that Portuguese passport is a great way to have access for travel, for work, for relocation, whatever it may be that you're thinking that maybe you want to live in different parts of the European Union, at least under the current set of rules, how everything is in life right now, it's pretty amazing. It's a great passport. Of course, it's one of the world's top passports and gives you access to plenty of countries and, of course, the European Union visa-free. The next quick point that I also want to get into is that if you are from the United States, Portugal is in a location that makes it somewhat convenient to get back to the U.S. If you are somebody who sees himself going back and forth, maybe once a year, twice a year, a few times a year, having that access to North America can be really nice. I personally have never really had an interest to go back to my home country, but that's because I also don't have much family that still lives there. But for people who maybe have children, grandchildren, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, parents, it can be nice to have that access to be able to go back and forth, at least for the holidays. And because Portugal is one of the closest points to North America, makes flights a little bit shorter. Maybe you might want to connect through a place like Spain, through Madrid, but trying to get a flight through Lisbon or Porto, these are pretty convenient as well. And there are more and more direct flights that I feel like I keep on hearing about. But it's not only international transportation that's really great, and not just to North America, but to get around Europe. You can get some really, really cheap flights if you plan things well. And if you look at airlines like, say, Ryanair, EasyJet, not sponsored by those guys, of course, sponsored by Porter. But just to mention a couple names of some of the airlines that can be worth looking at to get some cheap flights, even TAP, sometimes you can find okay priced flights. But even when you are traveling domestically within Portugal, buses, 
trains, taxis. These things are not very expensive. And I actually want to get into domestic travel again in a, just a later point in this episode. But the next thing that I want to talk about is about just how things are socially here. The Portuguese, there is something special about these people. They are so friendly, so kind, so helpful, so warm. And I can say that maybe even comparison to other countries within Europe, much more helpful, much more kind, and much more welcoming of outsiders. There are places that I've been that aren't as open and aren't as welcoming to outsiders. Portugal is a country that has seen a lot of international trade, a lot of international relations. You find that there have been a lot of Portuguese who have left the country and have come back or have family and friends in other places. And this is not uncommon. I mean, even the Portuguese, they were the navigators of the world. They discovered so many different things and had influence on so many parts of life. I mean, let's maybe take a quick little detour for a second. Portugal's history is so rich. It's unbelievable how much of the world that they discovered or that they helped build trade relations with. I believe they were the first, maybe it was the uh, Dutch, but I believe the Portuguese could have been the first, if not one of the most impactful European nations to have trade with Japan. Like going back quite a while, they even say that tempura may actually have been influenced from Portuguese cuisine. And I've heard things about maybe even some words from Portuguese that made their way into Japanese, but there's also the possibility that's not true. But that's a whole different subject for a different day. But actually, something that I heard that I found fascinating the other day, I don't know if it's true, but it sounds actually pretty good to me, that the word that we use for tea in English, T-E-A, was originally an acronym, a Portuguese acronym. I believe it was transportes de... Uh, ervas aromaticas, transport of aromatic herbs, T-E-A. I mean, even if it's not true, it sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> anyway, let's get back onto the point. The Portuguese, like I said, can be very welcoming and very patient for people who make an attempt to speak Portuguese and very helpful. But even though it's good to learn the local language, it is probably one of the countries in Europe that has I would say the highest percentage of people that speak English, and not only just speak English, but speak it really, really well. I've had plenty of situations here uh, years ago, even, even now. I mean, even now, it's actually a lot better. You find a lot more people who speak English, but people would say, oh, only a little, but then their English is fluent and fantastic. I would say in Northern Europe, maybe Scandinavia is one area where you do find in Europe that people really, really speak English well, but in the, the, the more tropical southern Europe, I would say very much without a doubt, this is probably going to be one of the countries that is the most friendly for English speakers, native English speakers or non-native English speakers. I have plenty of friends here that have English not as their native language and get by almost solely using English here. And granted, it's not everybody who's going to be always the kindest and the nicest and the most patient, but I'm very much generalizing here. And even on the European scale, I'm very much generalizing. I'm not saying this is everybody, but this is kind of the trends that I've seen from my personal experience. Again, I want to get a little bit more into the travel in just a second, but before that, I really do want to focus on the lifestyle that you find. And it's not something that's necessarily so specific to Portugal, but Southern Europe in general, but you do really find this here, that there is a wonderful work-life balance, even in some of the most hustling, bustling places. 
by comparison to Northern Europe or the US, you find that people are able to work and then enjoy life. Even if maybe they're not the wealthiest individuals, you will find that there is still a way of enjoying life, that you can have a good time with your friends, enjoy delicious flavors, wonderful moments, beautiful locations, without having to worry so much about how it's going to, again, affect your pocketbook, just like the medical system in a way. Of course, like I mentioned in previous episodes, you do have to take into consideration why prices are so low here and why they are rising. So just to keep a balance here again, there is there are issues that lead to why some of those things exist. But again, it is possible to have a great work-life balance, especially if you're somebody who's earning an income from abroad. And that doesn't matter if you're from abroad or if you're originally from Portugal. I even have friends that work in similar fields to what I do or even completely different fields. But because so many things are distanced or remote these days, trying to find work internationally isn't necessarily impossible, maybe in the same way that it could have once been. And if you can earn an income from abroad and bring that here to Portugal, you're supporting the local economy and you'll be quite comfortable here. During the day, you can work your regular J job. The afternoon, you can feel like a tourist and get around, go to a beach, go to the mountains, go to a lake, go to a river, go to a bar, a cafe, sit on a square, get out into the country, whatever it is that you feel like doing. These things are possible here. But getting into the last point, traveling around, this is the point that I really wanted to kind of talk about. I've mentioned it before, but Portugal is a very small country with a very small population. We are not talking about a massive country that takes five hours to fly from one side to the other or three hours from one side to the other. If you want to even drive, I mean, say, for example, if you're based in the north or somewhat central to northern, just about everything that you're going to want to go do and see is going to be within about three hours. And that's also talking about the drive from Lisbon to Porto or Porto to Spain, even Braga, where I live, to get to Porto would be about 40 minutes by car. And even on the train, it can be just under an hour or just over an hour, depending on which train you take. To get to Lisbon is a few hours door to door. But even to get to Spain, the border is less than what, maybe 30, 40 minutes away. And then there's a city that's probably about, again, like 45-ish minutes away, maybe an hour, depending on how you're driving, uh, called Vigo. And that's in Galicia, a very unique part of Spain. And actually, there's a very close connection between northern Portugal and Galicia. Uh, the languages that they speak, uh, the, the the Galician people have their own language called Galego, which is basically a parent language to Portuguese or one of the parent languages to Portuguese. It's really fascinating to hear the language, especially if you are someone who can get by with a little bit of Portuguese. But even though it is so close... You have a different culture, different language, different food, different people. So you can have greatly varied experiences within a very small area. And then even, say, if you want to go to France, to Switzerland, to Germany, these are only going to be a short flight away if you're looking for a quick weekend. And especially if you're traveling with just carry-on, that would be a really awesome way. It's like getting on a bus that just flies to another city across the continent. And it's only a couple hours, potentially, to get there. <laughs> 
pretty awesome in my book. But I think this is where I'm going to round things out. So again, thanks so much to this week's sponsor for helping to make this video possible. Of course, if you're interested in their services, be sure to check out border.io slash NYAG. They help you if you're trying to move to Portugal to get your Portuguese bank account, as well as your NIF really, really necessary if you're wanting to make a life for yourself here. Also, another huge thank you to those of you who helped to make these episodes possible on a monthly basis through Patreon, patreon.com slash Rafael Difuria, or you can visit rafaeldifuria.com slash Patreon. And also thank you to those of you who've purchased the shirts, mugs, onesies, and more. Stay safe and healthy out there. Thank you for joining me for another Friday night for another episode of Not Your Average Globetrotter. Again, I am Rafael Difuria, and I will see you all next time. Later. Later.